Welcome to Lorehammer Listener Lore, the Warhammer 40k podcast where you get to write the script. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support the show and maybe even jump your story in the line, or maybe even read stories with me, or maybe you have a story you would like to read to me, head on over to Patreon at Lorehammer Listener Lore and check out all the cool ways to get involved and support the show. Enjoy. Welcome back to Lorehammer Listener Lore, the 40k podcast where you get to write the script. Hey everyone, I'm your host Mark, and joining me we've got Christian. Hey, I'm back again. Back again! Contracts are harder to get out of than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> no, Lorehammer Legal is very efficient at what they do. Very do you persistent. the last time you've seen Jordan? <laughs> not anymore. I'm not allowed to talk about it because of our contract. <laughs> uh, Well... This episode is a story that we will share. <laughs> it is by Just Another Nerd. And a little context when we're reading this uh, story. I think this was written by somebody younger than 15 or or younger than 16. I know that. Um, so when we read it, like, let's keep that in mind. And, uh, you know. Okay. I will be thorough and unkind. Yeah, like <laughs> you got to teach them young in the way they should be so that when they're older, they will walk that path. So. Exactly. Yes, and sir. only through harshness will they grow strong. Yes, sir. Uh, this is called Horace's Speech, and we'll start. Horace paced across the top of the temple stairs, resplendent in his snow-white armor. Before him was a sea of faces, mostly the crew of the vengeful spirit, but the effect was enhanced by the clusters of helmeted Astartes in the green of the Sons of Horus. My son... My son Horace's voice boomed across the space, carrying to the very edges of the crowd. As you well know, I was mortally wounded by the traitor Temba. A cry of outrage echoed across the walls of the temple at the mention of the traitor's name. Horace gestured for a quiet. However, by the brave efforts of the first chaplain Erebus of the Wordbearers and the healers of the Serpent temper, Temple, Horus turned to the structure behind him, his huge hand running along the decorative door. I was saved! While I was being healed, many thoughts raced through my mind. I thought of all that we, all that we, the 15th Legion, have achieved. After all, who pacified Luna? Who won the war on the Sehedim Rifts? Who destroyed the Greenskins at Ulanor? Horus' voice steadily increased in volume, reaching a crescendo as the Astartes among the crowd cheered. Lupercal! Horus beckoned again for silence as he did. A solitary voice called out from among the mass. The Emperor! At the cry, Horus stopped his pacing, turning to where the voice came from. Horace's expression changed from one of pride to anger. The Emperor? 
you believe that it was the emperor who made this crusade truly great? Where was the emperor when we destroyed the false imperium? Where was the emperor when the children and his angels and the third and the ninth legions were beset on murder? Where was the emperor when I was wounded on the moon of Davin? A hush fell over the crowd at this. He was on Terra, working on his precious project, while we fought and died in his name. The Emperor left us on Ulanor at the height of his great crusade. This was his grand undertaking to unify humanity, and he left us to clean up after him. For two centuries we fought by his side, from the craters of Luna to the far-flung reaches of the galaxy. And he abandoned us. When he found me, my father gave me a book of star maps. He told me that it was humanity's destiny to rule the stars. But now he has abandoned that destiny in favor of his experiments. He made, he made me his favorite son, war master, and left the weight of the galaxy upon my shoulders. Noble Sanguinius would have been a better choice. Even Gilliman would have, been born, would have borne the weight better. But he chose, chose me as his favorite tool. For that is what I am. What we all are, tools of the Emperor. Now some among you may deny this, claiming that the Emperor is some benevolent god who cares for us. Horus paused slightly, gauging the reaction of the crowd. As expected, many of the Astartes and a few of the mortals recoiled at the use of the hateful word god. Horus pacing resumed. I do not word use that word by mistake, my friends, for I have seen the future. I was graced by a vision from the warp, an untamed elemental force, while I was while I lay dying. I saw a world, a shrine world, covered in towers, golden spires, and great statues to the god emperor. A great church with the statues of the primarchs. But do you know what I didn't see, my sons? The sons of Horus. Were no one to be found, were nowhere to be found. No statue of me adorned the temples next to Sanguinius, Gilliman, Dorn, the Khan, Rus, or Korax. No symbols of our legion displayed on the multitude of banners. We, the Emperor's greatest champions, have been forgotten. And this is not just some far-flung future, some unlikely fantasy. The Emperor's plan for divinity is beginning now. He insists on destroying religion, not because he believes in a secular imperium, but because he will have no rivals. Even now, the Levitico Divinatica spreads its cause amongst the ranks of the Imperium. You may argue that Logar, my beloved brother, was punished for this very thing. But I tell you now, the Emperor was simply not to be worshipped. He wanted to keep his secret goals, his goals secret, so when the time came, we would not be able to stop his ascension. But that was not the worst thing I saw in my vision. The powers of the warp took me to another time, long ago when my brother Primarchs and I were created. They showed me the chamber far under the Himalayans where the Emperor did his experimentation. That was when I learned that truth. Beings as powerful as the Primarchs were forged from science alone. The Emperor had dedicated... The Emperor, a being dedicated to truth and knowledge, made a pact with warp beings. They granted him some powers of their some of their vast powers, and he used it to create us. 
when the emperor broke his pact, the powers punished him by scattering the Primarchs across the galaxy. That is how Russ came to Fenris, how Sanguinus came to Bale, how I came to Corinthia. Horus paused again, as if catching his breath. So, you see, my children, the Emperor is not the man you believe him to be. He who argues for the secularity and abandonment of superstition made pacts with great entities and wishes to ascend to divinity. Do not be mistaken when the Emperor achieves his goal. When he no longer has a use for us, we will be discarded. Cast aside like old tools. He has done so before, long, long ago. Before I, even I was created, the Emperor had his first super soldiers. They were called the Thunder Warriors, fighting alongside the Golden Legio Custodes. They unified Terra. It was with it, them that by... Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call working together to keep our country and community safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It was with them by his side that the Emperor cast down the techno-barbarian warlords of the old knight and began the reforging of the humanity's imperium. Why don't we not know more of the Thunder Warriors, the proto-Astartes, I hear you ask? Once the unif unification wars were over, the Emperor ordered the destruction of every last Thunder Warriors by the Custodes. You all know the Great Crusade nears its end. Malkador the Sigilate is building his council on Terra, sending his tithe collectors out across the Imperium. The War Council has lost all power. This crusade is no longer about conquest. It's about consolidation. Once Malkador has enacted his plan, the Legion of Stardes will have no place in the new Imperium. For what use is hulking super soldiers in an age of peace and bureaucracy? Horus sneered at the word. The Astartes were bred for war, not peacekeeping. When we have served our purpose, the Emperor will have no reason to keep us. We will be destroyed, just like the Thunder Warriors of old. Horus cast his gaze across the crowd, focusing on the mortal army soldiers. You, mortal soldiers, do not think that you will be saved. When the Emperor has his peace, you will be put to work in the factories. Maybe you will be forced to help build his grand cathedrals when the time comes. Perhaps a few of you will even be turned into servitors when the horrors of the crusade break you. Any among you who witness the events on the moon of Davin, or the Whisperheads, will surely be silenced. No one will be left unaffected when the crusade ends. The age of enlightenment and discovery will be replaced by an age of darkness. Horus came to a slow halt. Standing directly in front of the temple doors, the setting sun casting a menacing shadow across the structure. Do you see now, my friends, my children? Do you see what must be done? The Emperor must be stopped for the good of humanity. We will rise against the tyranny of humanity's destiny to it. We must rise against this his tyranny if humanity's destiny is to be achieved. 
We must save the galaxy from my father's favor. Failure. Horus raised his sword triumphantly. Are you with me? Looper call. Looper call. Cool. cool yeah, story. that was really good, actually. Um, saying, like, it definitely, like, feels like it could have been in one of the novels. It's been a while since I've read one of them, but... Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Like, you know, he knows all this knowledge. How much of it does he share with some people? Like, you know, Horace obviously can't just go around and say, now we worship chaos. Like, you got to give a sales Yeah, <laughs> we are switching sides now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I and I was wondering, like, they do seem like the secret of dark type, but all this information had Horace come across it would actually help galvanize people when he's trying to turn them, right? Yeah, absolutely. So it would make sense for him to reveal that to his guys. Um, there are a couple of things that I don't think are explicitly said that he knows. Like, I don't know what he knows about the thunder warriors but it's also not unbelievable that he comes across or some at some yeah. point discovers and i'm not really up to date on my horse heresy novels either so it could have yeah. been revealed in one of the later ones but yeah minor, yeah like minor stuff minor stuff for sure um i really like how much dialogue there was in that actually like uh it, it read very clean to be honest for dialogue which sounds weird but it's hard to write dialogue yeah especially for a primarch who's supposed to be captivating and like a great public speaker yeah so no it was, it was really good like i said I, this could have been taken from a, a novel and i wouldn't have known any better yeah i got a couple additional thoughts from old chatbot gpt <laughs> okay when i when i typed this into there it said captivating opening the speech begins with strong visual description of horror standing on the temple stairs immediately grabbing the audience's attention and setting the scene for his address Powerful rhetoric. Horace uses strong commanding language and repetition to rally his followers. The chant of Lupercal creates a sense of unity and fervor among the crowd. Yeah, for sure. Personalization. Horace's speech appeals to his followers, loyalty and emphasizes that achievements of the Luna Wolf's Legion, creating a strong bond between himself and his troops. Revelation of betrayal. The speech effectively reveals how Horace's sense of betrayal and resentment toward the emperor, highlighting the abandonment, abandonment he feels on how it and how it has shaped his beliefs. Foreshadowing and prophecy. Horus's vision of the future without recognition of the sons of Horus adds an element of foreshadowing and prophecy, strengthening his argument against the emperor. Very cool. Um, then I, I asked chop, chatbot to give some negative feedback, and this is what it came up with. Exploration of counter-arguments. To strengthen Horace's arguments and position, the speech could address potential counter-arguments or skepticism from the audience and provide compelling responses to addressing them. Like, there was a one point in the speech where the guy, you know, stands up and yells, the emperor. Maybe it would have been nice yeah. to have one or two more of those, but whatever. Yeah, I don't, like, I don't think it hurts. Like, if this is supposed no. to be... Like, if you look at it from a narrative perspective, it's Horace laying out his whole r rationale for yeah. betraying, right? It, it doesn't really, in this context, need a counter-argument. Yeah. Uh, although even the inclusion of that one one dissenter is actually a pretty cool little touch to yeah, yeah. add an, an air of, like, hold on, there's still some people who are, like, not so sure or <laughs> who are still loyal to the emperor. Yeah. Uh, crowd and it, i'm just it, yeah, here because they said they feed me it reminds me of a picture um 
Um, anyways, yeah, there's a picture of World War II at a at a Nazi rally, and everyone's throwing up the salute. But there's one guy in the crowd, and there's like an old black and white photo, and he's got his arms crossed, and he looks very angry. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it kind of like reminds me of that, where like everyone's <laughs> going in on it, except this guy, this one guy, right? <laughs> That's so funny. What a picture. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and who, yeah, right. Like in the moment, who knows if anyone noticed him, right? But yeah, he was yeah. there. <laughs> uh, the other thing it said was emotional appeal. While the speech effectively conveyed Horace's anger and resentment, it could further explore emotional appeals to invoke empathy and galvanize the crowd support. But whatever. I thought it was all in all a very good story. When uh, we first got this listener, Laura, I'm like, ooh, Horace's speech. Like, I wonder what crazy stuff he's going to make him say, but. No, I could definitely see him making this speech or one very similar to this on one of the many worlds he traveled to during the the Horus Heresy, you know? Yeah. And this one, like, he's definitely rallying his own men, too. Uh, but he does also address the the mortal warriors, which are kind of totally sidelined in most of the Horus Heresy books. <laughs> um, but you forget there's a bunch of human troops, too, that are going to be involved in this. Yeah. Yeah um yeah all in all great story thank you so much just another nerd for sharing um if you guys have lore you want to submit you can email it to lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com and if you want to support the show don't forget to go to patreon and throw lorehammer listener lore a dollar thank you so much christopherson thanks for joining yes always a pleasure yeah did you get your your 40k rocks off before bed every night yes have to Mission otherwise i can't sleep <laughs> perfect good man okay All right, everyone, keep rolling in those bits, I guess. Adios. Thanks for listening. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out our Patreon page and support the show at Lorehammer Listener Lore. See you next episode.